Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. This is episode 136. I'm your host, Micah Sin, here with my brother, Matt Sin. Hey, say hi, Matt. Hi, Micah. See, you did it. You, we went over this. What? Got the what? Let's, let's roll it back. Everybody, what, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, 136, whatever. Say hi, Matt. Matt. Micah. See, you're, you're screwing now up, I'm now. up Now I'm messing up. You know what? Forget it. Forget it. I'm drafting you. You're getting drafted. We've already drafted what? Kyle. What? Kyle has what been we... drafted to Wrestle Life Underground. You know oh, what? No. Next week's main event: Wrestle Life Matt, Wrestle Life Kyle, Wrestle Life Underground. Wrestle Life's just gonna be me. It's gonna be me <laughs> and uh, was it Andra and Andrade? Is that the undrafted talent we've got to go with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot to talk and, about this week. And Mickey James, Andrade, and and Mickey James, James. Uh, a big return superstar, completely undrafted, completely undrafted. Uh, yeah, so I guess I should have got earlier in the draft. Maybe I could have gotten the fiend or something. Mm. But uh, I'm stuck with you. I'm stuck with you. Stuck with me. Great. We've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, a lot of draft talk. As you know, this was the week of the WWE draft, and uh, as I'm sure you could tell by our cadence, it didn't go great. No, it didn't go great. But it was it's it gonna be a lot of fun to great. talk about. It will be very fun. But before we get into WWE draft talk, we should talk about AEW. Now, Matt, you we were there for the I was there. 30 year anniversary of Chris Jericho's wrestling career. Yes. How was that watching live? Uh, it was kind of terrific. The whole show was amazing uh, up until the main event, but we'll get into that. Um, it was interesting. Like, I was expecting some sort of like big to do by the inner circle, uh, and we didn't get that. We got that weird MJF interruption, which, again, we'll talk about here shortly. Um, but as a whole, the show was great. There wasn't as much Jericho as I was expecting. There was a lot of people that I didn't know, nor did I care about, um, talking yeah. on, the, on the 30-year thing. Now, again, uh, a lot of musicians that were really cool. Like I, I, I claim to be a musician, but I'm far from being an actual musician. I can just kind of play the drums. Like, you know, seeing Slash and the Metallica guys, like, Gene uh, Simmons. Was, yeah, that was Steel really Panther. Cool. And then, of course, all the wrestling guys. Like, I screamed so loud when Ultimo Dragon showed up on TV. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. DDP, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was a big deal because that was a New yeah. Japan guy. So that was cool. Um, and, like, Dennis Miller, like, I'm sure he's a very talented guy, but, like, I, I had to Google who he was. So it, a lot of the actor stuff, like, I didn't really know who they were. But Bully Ray was on there. Bully Ray was great, and he didn't say a darn word, and it was yep. perfect for him. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because he's a talker but yeah it was it was interesting it wasn't a, as big a to do as, as i thought it was going to be but it was really weird because at the end of the show um when jericho is out there with all the heels uh, cody is standing in the heel rampway mm-hmm. and then after the show is over chris jericho short cuts a very short promo saying thank you so much for 30 years i look forward to doing this a few more and then he walks up the ramp and uh, cody comes out of the heel ramp and like they're talking to each other like it's clearly a show, right? Like kayfabe is dead at this point, and uh, it was just—it was little, such a strange uh, thing to sneak see. Peek from television. None, none of that was on TV. Yeah, I didn't think it was. Yeah, they actually. So when I was watching, so the whole ending—we'll we'll get to the ending later. But we'll just talk about this for now. But uh, the Cody coming out—it's—you could like see his pants, and I was like, "Oh, that's Cody," and then it faded to black. Right. So he was probably waiting for the cue. And you like only saw his feet, but he's the only person that dresses so extra, right? Dynamite that I knew it was him. But yeah, it it, it definitely um, 
it was it was not what I was expecting. It didn't have like the festival of friendship or the Thanksgiving extravaganza, which right. the Thanksgiving show is one of my least favorite AEWs. Right. So I'm okay if they didn't have this big to do. You know, I think they gave him the respect he deserved, and uh, they made they had some good stuff going on, but they didn't make too big of a deal out of it. Right. But yeah, I'm, I am glad that you got to be there for the after show promo. I saw you sent me the video. That's uh, it was pretty cool. I'm sure to be able to see that. And yeah, you know, uh, it goes to show Jericho could still be a great babyface. Absolutely, it would just be a flip of a switch. Yeah, I, I he actually was a babyface in the main event, and I don't know if he was supposed to be because I didn't hear the commentators. Mm-hmm. But against Serpentico and Luther, he was 100 percent the babyface. We were behind him the whole time, and he played the babyface role as you only can when you're a legend and it's your 30 year anniversary. Yeah, I'm not sure if that is because of perhaps it's his day, like it's it's his 30 year anniversary. They wanted him to be cheered for. We're supposed to be going for him, right? Or maybe they're trying to turn him a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. It 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 would I mean, we'll know by next week, uh, I think for sure. MJF has a like a big announcement on Wednesday. Yeah. So we will see. We're going to be there live as well for the anniversary show. Are they doing so weekly we'll shows again? Or is it just because these two shows are special, I wonder? I don't know. They haven't announced the next week's show, but they usually do that at the show. Yeah. So they'll tell you when the next one is, whether it's going to be in a week or two. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will be looking forward to that. And yep. hopefully, full gear will be in Jacksonville. And Crossing we'll our there. fingers to Santa Prayer because we want to go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the first match of the show, though, now that we've went mm-hmm. over the last match. Yeah. Uh, not really. But let's talk about uh, Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage. Just starting yes. it out just all the way at the top. Just This, is, this is Big E's new favorite match. I mean, Vince McMahon was watching this with, like, that big vein popping out of his head. And Elevating. just like... He's like, you know, how who, who how do I get a, how do I get a hold of this Will Hobbs guy? Where's right. his Will? I mean, he's like, I want Keith Lee versus Will Hobbs on my TV right now. It'll end in a deep. Right. We're not caring about that. <laughs> uh, this match, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I'm all behind Will Hobbs. Uh, I mean, it was just about a powerhouse match. I mean, there wasn't anything super impressive other than the fact that these two men could pick up each other. That's yeah. impressive in itself. Uh, Brian Cage is being more athletic than he should be, as always. And uh, Will Hobbs, actually, on commentary, they went over a little bit of Will Hobbs' uh, past. You know, he's called Will Power, uh, and he's he's this big, baby-faced, charismatic guy. And apparently, his brother was, I don't remember now, either a soldier or a police officer. Okay. And he died in the line of duty, I believe. Oh, wow. I may be getting it wrong. His brother passed away somehow, and it was tragic. Either way, his brother wanted to be a professional wrestler, but he never got to achieve that. So now Will Hobbs is living his life trying to achieve what his brother wanted by being a professional wrestler, which is a fantastic thing to do. This guy's a natural baby face. I've heard people talking about, oh, we may see a Will Hobbs turn soon. It's like, what? This guy is 100% natural Babyface, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, if they tried to turn him heel, that would be a terrible mistake. I mean, he's got that Keith Lee, uh, just lovable big teddy bear vibe to him. Right, great. Uh, I think maybe something like that. I mean, I'm sure they wanted to get some drama or or some 
some people rallying behind Will Hobbs. He's kind of been a dark talent up until now. He had a right. couple spots on Dynamite, you know, with uh, John Moxley and such that, that really brought him the main event scene. But I feel like that could have been something more led to a promo leading to a big match. Uh, maybe could have been utilized better. And I'm sure they'll bring it up again. But uh, because I'm obviously forgetting at this point exactly what happened. But either way, it made me love Will Hobbs more. So maybe that's what they're going for. But unfortunately, the match was really good. It was it was very good. But yeah. unfortunately, Will Hobbs did not gain the FTW championship. Brian no. Cage did retain. Uh, Will Hobbs had a very close two count with his fantastic spine buster, like best in the business spine buster. But uh, Brian Cage got, I think he calls it the drill claw. Yeah. And managed it's to get amazing. the win here. I, I really like this match. Uh, I did. And I'm not a huge fan of like big men wrestling. I'm generally a cruiserweight or just, I guess, a regular guy size, you know, wrestler. Yeah. But man, they did a great job with this match. I mean, it wasn't a Goldberg match where they did three moves and finished it. Right. It was just an actual good match. I mean, JR was slobbering over the entire match. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's his, that's his thing. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, Cage and Ricky Starks are out there surrounding Will Hobbs. Taz is on commentary. He comes off commentary. He says that Will was impressive, but he's got two options. Either he joins Team Taz, or he's going to beat the living crap out of him. But before he was able to get his answer... Out comes Darby Allen. Now this is this is fine, I guess, because Darby Allen's been feuding with Ricky Starks, and they're trying to prolong that feud, which I know we give crap to WWE for, but in this case, I want more of it. And also, it's not just DQ, 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 DQ finish. So right. it's a little different. And I also get that Darby Allen's coming out with a skateboard, but this is Brian Cage and Ricky Starks being ran off by a 140-pound Darby Allen. Does this make a lot right. of sense to you? Well, no, but they want to push Darby as a major, major star. So, And to be fair, Ricky Starks kind of ran away, but Brian Cage just kind of walked away. He, he didn't like, you know, run with his tail between his legs kind of deal. So I, I didn't have a super big problem with it, but I can understand why someone would. Yeah, I mean, it, it really doesn't bother me that much. But it's like a suspend my disbelief kind of thing because, like, come on, man. If Darby Allen was running at me, I wouldn't be that scared, you know? Right. If I'm Brian Cage, anybody could run at me and I'm not scared. Right. I mean, he's a machine, as they say. But, yeah, I, I thought the match was great. Just the afterward was a little bit iffy. And I do like uh, I do like Taz being a heel commentator was still putting over Will Hobbs throughout the whole match. Like, yeah, right. He's he great. does a great job. He's not that. as good as Brian Cage, but he's fantastic. And one day he's going to be a really big star, which I think as a heel commentator is very important to do. Right. Uh, after that, you had a little promo package from Lance Archer talking about his history with Moxley, which I thought was really good to do since he's not able to be there due to you know COVID, obviously. Uh, it kind of reignites a little bit of the fire for next week's match. And not only that, they go over their New Japan history. And that's kind of a theme for the whole show. New Japan, I think, was mentioned like 14 times. I know. <laughs> and up to this point has been mentioned zero times. And for those of you that don't know, New Japan is obviously where Kenny Omega was a big star. A lot of these guys were big stars. Moxley still right. wrestles there. Uh, Jericho, Jericho too. was at. Yeah. Um, 
and their president didn't he kind of had some bad blood between the young bucks and kenny and all that for leaving new japan and starting their own company because new japan was also opening up a u.s brand at about the same time AEW formed but they're getting a new president and it appears as if him and tony khan might be trying to work out a uh, relationship like uh, the nwa yep. which i think would be fantastic and obviously if you're new japan why wouldn't you i mean kenny omega is one of the biggest stars they've ever had if they were like, hey, you know, send over Tanahashi for a match, send over Kenny Omega for a match. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would benefit both brands. It's not like AEW is taking from New Japan's stock in Japan, and it's not like New Japan is taking AEW stock in America. So it's, I think it's a win-win, personally. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Yeah, a lot of New Japan fans don't want this, because AEW and New Japan are very similar. Um, and it... There's always a risk when you take a, take someone. Let's say, uh, what's what's someone from uh, a, a big deal in New Japan? Uh, Okada, Kazuchika Okada, right? Arguably the greatest wrestler in the world. Okay, and they bring him to AEW, and he just runs through everyone that's not named Moxley, Jericho, or Kenny Omega. Mm. It makes your roster look weak. It's At the true. same time, if you're a New Japan guy and you you take your biggest star in Kazuchika Okada and go, all right, you can use him, and they're like, okay, we're going to use him, but he's just going to lose in tag team matches to the Lucha Brothers. We don't want that either because it makes New Japan's biggest star look bad. So there's always this tightrope that you have to walk Yeah. when you have two companies. I feel like between these two geniusly promoted and booked promotions, that they can make it work. Yeah. I really do. I mean, look what they've done with Thunder Rosa. Yes, she lost yeah. to Hikaru Shida. But she sure looks strong doing it. But man, she looks fantastic even yeah. now. I think if she, at the drop of a hat, she could take it off of Shida. And I mean, it's a little different because NWA is not this big thriving promotion, especially at the moment. But I don't know. I mean, heck, throw Okada in a triple threat between Hangman and Kenny. Right. Have one of the other two take the pin. You can work it out where you can have this big star on one of your pay-per-views having this dream match and come out looking exactly the same as he went in or better. Right. So I think they could definitely make it work. Uh, I don't think it's something they should do every week. I don't think they should integrate the rosters or anything like that, but they should have some big money matches with it. I I agree. Fantastic. I mean, back in the day, let's say 98, if WCW and WWE would have worked together, WWF at the time, somehow... And you could have had, I don't know, Goldberg versus The Undertaker in their prime yeah. instead of the actual Goldberg versus Undertaker that we got. I mean, that would have been a match. Yes. So, I don't know. But uh, either way, we'll see how it unfolds. We'll see if they keep up the references or if this is just a one-off thing they're trying to do as AEW does to kind of... They know what their fans are talking about, so they're trying to talk about it themselves first. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'd be looking forward to it. For sure. I want to see the promised Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki match that yes. uh, didn't happen. That would be great. Yes. But anyways, let's not devolve uh, too far. Let's let's get into FTR versus the Hybrid 2. Okay. Now, you're the resident FTR fan. How did how did you feel about this match? Well, I, to be honest with you, I this match got a lot of hate online. It really did. Um, and there were a couple botches by Jack Evans, but that happens when you flip 100 times in a match. I thought it was yeah. absolutely terrific. 
I really did. And Carol actually agreed with me, and she does not like FTR really at all, and she definitely doesn't like the hybrid too. Yeah. I thought it was, to be honest with you, and I, I know this is high praise, or maybe not high praise, because I don't think that FTR's done as well as they could have been in AEW. I think this is the second best match they've had. They really do. I thought it was terrific. I love this match. Hmm. I, I wouldn't give it that high of praise. Uh, I'm obviously not near as much of an FTR fan as you are, but like I said last week, FTR versus SCU is one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. Yeah, they were terrific. Like, that was FTR's best match by far, like, I've ever seen. And to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of their NXT stuff. I heard their stuff with uh, Jenny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa was, were absolute classics. But yeah, um, last the, the one against SCU was by far their best match, even better than Kenny and Hangman. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, and we were there for Kenny and Hangman. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of like Dr. F- to me, it's like Dr. Pepper flavored Doritos. Okay. Like, I like Dr. Pepper. I like Doritos. I don't really want them together, though. Like, when you okay. put FTR against the Hybrid 2, I think they're too different. Yeah. I think they're too different. I mean, I like drinking Dr. Pepper with my nacho cheese Doritos. But I don't want Dr. Pepper flavored Doritos, you know? It's kind of a weird analogy, but I think it works. It's, you know, and yeah, you have Angelico who has the submission style. I don't know. It's just like Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy. It was such a mishmash of styles, but it kind of worked. I don't feel like this really worked that well for me. I think FTR are very good wrestlers. I think the Hybrid 2 are fantastic wrestlers and they're underutilized. I don't care for their characters at all. Yeah. Their characters are basically, they look like an energy drink. That's it. <laughs> it too. Um, but I feel like they're very good wrestlers. But I just, this match just didn't really work for me that much. I wouldn't say it was a bad match. It just didn't really gel for me. So Okay. And that's, that's fair. Like, the, especially in the, the beginning of the match, there were a couple botches because there was so much going on. There was that crazy, like, moonsault leg drop. That, yeah, that didn't even um, come close. It wasn't connecting. like I watched it live, and I'm like, he's like a foot off. Like <laughs> that's why I messaged you, and I'm like, did he miss? Like, what did it look that bad on TV? And you're like, yes, it definitely did. Yeah, it was so, bad. It, but there were just so many cool little spots in this match that I just legitimately enjoyed. I, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning. FTR did retain, of course, uh, with a frog splash. Yeah, believe it or not, a high flying spot. A double frog splash, I think it was. Wasn't it a double frog splash? No, it was like a, a German suplex. Into, no, it was a superplex into a splash is what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, I, the commentary team said maybe that's a dig at the Young Bucks. I don't think the Young Bucks even do a frog splash, though. No, and they the, uh, the Revival in WWE has used that before. Yeah, I think they're just kind of dra- grasping at straws there. Yeah. Uh, after the match, though... Uh, out comes the best friends. Yep. And what are they wearing? Wait, before that, they they, sh- they showed um, the Young Bucks, and then they showed oh, the video, yeah. remember? Oh, yeah. I can't go over that. So the Young Bucks are watching backstage, and uh, you know how WWE superstars kind of like they, they their body is facing the camera, and right. their, their head is looking at the screen to their side in the most uncomfortable way possible that's probably going to shorten their career if they keep doing this shot. Like, that that shot. 
will take that and move their body about 15% more away from where their head is, even more uncomfortable. <laughs> basically, yeah, they're, they're basically got their back to the TV. Yeah, their body is facing away, and they're like looking behind them at the TV in this obvious jab at the WWE. And not only that, on BTE, they're watching the screen normally, and Matt Hardy comes in between. He's like, no, guys, this is how you do it. I was taught to this by another company. If you re- <laughs> you want to show your profile, it looks really good on TV. Sure, you, you, you just, just trust me. And I laughed. I thought it was great. Riley loved it. She was like, that's a WWE knock. And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. It's so and, good. And I am I I like stuff like that. I, do I think that's a really it's, good little it's not, knock. It's not overbearing and obnoxious. Yeah, you don't have to like scream sloppy shop into the mic at, at, at the camera for me to enjoy. Just little jabs like that that not everybody's even going to notice. Right. If you're not really, if you're not like a total mark like us, you're not going to notice it. But uh, yeah, it was was so good. But yeah. after the match, like I was saying, the best friends come out, and uh, they are wearing a shirt that has FTR dressed up as hot dog wieners. Yep. And it is actually a real shirt for sale on shopaew.com. Uh, I'm thinking about buying one. Think I'm gonna think I'm gonna wear it to the next pay per view. <laughs> Pretty sure. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, they come out and they basically say, you know, they they basically say they they were weenies. That's why they're wearing the shirt. They ask him if they got the joke, and uh, Chuck Taylor says, you know, it's not a joke. Us being the number one contenders, and that our match just got confirmed for next week's anniversary show, and they leave pretty much. It was a it was a little thing building up to next week's show. It wasn't the greatest promo in the world, but that's okay. They don't all have to be. Uh, let's see here. It's Brody Lee and Cody next. Well, it's saying there's an MJF video message, but I don't remember that at all. It's in my, my, my recap here. Oh yeah, that's right. So MJF talks about, um, we saw this one live, uh, meeting Chris Jericho at an after party. Oh yes. Yes. I remember. And and Jericho tells MJF, you know, you've, you've really got something, you know, keep, keep studying, take a little bit from others. And uh, you really get somewhere. Yeah. Take a little bit from others. Yep. A little bit from others. Yeah. I mean, they've been teasing that MJF is either going to join the inner circle or join some other stable. Or the, just take the inner circle. The marks online have said, you know what, maybe he's going to take the inner circle. Yeah. And like I said, AEW listens to their fans. They follow the message boards. They they know what they're doing. And he may as well just winked into the camera. Right. Uh I, I totally got that. thought it was great. MJF is great. I honestly would love to see him try to take the inner circle. I would be fine if he took the inner circle, to be honest yeah. with you. I'd be fine if he took the inner circle and they're all like, you know what, you suck, and they left. Would I you told start? Carol that the way they need to do it, if it happens, if we want to turn Jericho babyface and not break up the inner circle, is MJF versus Chris Jericho, uh, and MJF wins, right? The inner circle are out there acting like they're going to defend Jericho. And then Sammy Guevara, of all people, is the one that turns on Chris Jericho. And MJF takes Chris Jericho's inner circle jacket that he promised, he's still promised to get Sammy one. Mm-hmm. He rips it off of Chris Jericho and hands it to Sammy. And that's how Sammy gets the jacket. And they all walk off. It would just be heartbreaking, but it would be terrific. It would be so good. I don't know if it yeah. makes a whole lot of sense with MJF's character and Sammy Guevara's character. 
but it would just be perfect. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how they go with it. I'm not convinced that he's going to take over the inner circle or that they're going to break up the inner circle. I feel like Jericho kind of wants it just to be a faction for as long as he wants. Yeah. And maybe this is as long as he wants. I don't know. It's been a year, but the way he's talking, I think he wants it to keep on. Even if they had MJF join the inner circle and then, you know, maybe like Santana and Ortiz are like, you know what? Jericho, it's either us or him. Like, right. he's annoying. We hate him. He's got to go. And then maybe he picks MJF after them, and maybe people slowly start leaving, form their own inner circle, the outer circle, whatever. Uh, maybe something like the that. I don't circle. know. That was Seth Rollins' group, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what, what we named Seth them. Rollins, yeah, the outer <laughs> circle. Uh, they are apparently no more. We'll see. Hmm. Let's go to the dog collar match. Yes. It was terrific. So, I said before, this is a stupid idea for a match, right? There's a reason we haven't seen a dog collar match in forever. However, I was going to reserve judgment until we saw the match. And I'm glad I did, because, man, what a fantastic match. I mean, you would think, me being the person that I am, the way this match turned out, that I wouldn't really love it. But I did. It was yep. so good. You would amazing. think wrapping two dog collars around men's uh, necks and attaching them with a chain would look really dumb when they're fighting each other. Yep. It didn't. It nope. Fantastic. They had spots where, like, Cody tried to do the Cody cutter, and Brody Lee was like, nope, and just pulled back on the chain, and Cody just busted it. It was so cool. You had Cody raking... Uh, the head of Brody Lee with the the chain choking him, slapping him over the back. You had uh, Brody Lee getting put through a table, which a lot of people complained about because it was during a commercial break. And yeah, it, oh, was, not, it was during a commercial break, yeah. And yeah, maybe it should not have been during a commercial break, but maybe that tells you, hey, you need to stay on during picture-in-picture. Picture. Exactly. Pay attention. Yeah. Uh, and I know JR always sells that. Maybe they were doing that to say, hey, you know, you need to sit down and watch our commercials. You need to give us yeah. the money. You know, don't don't switch away to NXT because you might miss Brody Lee get put through a table with a dog collar wrapped around his neck. Right. Just a great, great match. I mean, it started out with John Silver getting busted open. He got color outside the ring, not even in the match. I knew Cody was going to get color because he's in the ring. Oh, yeah. Brody Lee ended up getting color like freaking Ric Flair. I mean, he looked worse than Cody. Oh, yeah. Told Riley, I was like, how long until Tony Schiavone and JR get color? I mean, good Lord. Everybody (laughs) around the ring is just bleeding. It's ridiculous. And to finish the match, I mean, Brody Lee definitely doesn't come off as strong in this match as he did in their original match because he just killed Cody. But Cody comes in. He's been resting. He's been preparing. He's been hosting a talent show. He's ready for this match. He gets the chain, wraps it around Brody Lee's entire head, starts to choke him out. That doesn't work. Tries to wrap him up. That doesn't work. He beats him with the chain. That doesn't work. He manages to wrap him up and then hit him with the crossroads. And Cody, once again, is your AEW TNT champion. Yep. 
And, you know, a lot of people were complaining like, oh, well, you just let him have the belt so you could leave for a few weeks. Now you're just coming back and being Triple H again. I think this is good storytelling. I think this is good. Too. I really yeah. I have no problem with it. I know I've voiced my concerns with Cody before and him being a massive heel. And he even spoke in a promo after this saying, hey, everybody's saying I'm a heel. I'm not. I'm here for the fans. And like, I don't believe you, but whatever. <laughs> this is a good match. It's good storytelling. It's good booking. I'm okay with everything. Yeah, it was absolutely spectacular. It really was. And as we're sitting there watching it live, like we're not expecting a title change, first of all, so quickly. And secondly, on free television, right? Uh, that hasn't happened with AEW yet. We haven't had a short title reign, nor have we had a title change on free TV that I can recall. Brody Lee and Cody was on TV. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm an idiot. That was five weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't expecting it to happen so quickly, and it totally did. It did. And uh, I don't know what this means for Cody, where he goes. Um, I'm going to need those open challenges to come back. Like, I want to see indie guys... Yeah, like I, popular I think, indie guys come in. Come in. So, number one, I think it was fantastic to have Bro, uh, Cody lose it in the way that he did. Yeah. Fantastic. Put Brody over. It did a great job with Cody's story. And it made you think, hey, he's not invincible. We can come out here right. and we can kill him in three minutes. He can't get any offense. Yep. Nobody's safe, right? Yeah. But... I feel like at this juncture, Cody is the better one to have as a champion. Agreed. I feel like he elevates the TNT title. I feel like he brings in a lot of new talent. If it weren't for Cody having the TNT title, we wouldn't have Eddie Kingston. We wouldn't have Ricky Starks. So I love the idea of the open challenge. Obviously, Brody Lee was not going to do that. But even then, I would be fine if they gave it back to Cody and he loses it again. And he gets it again. And this is just Cody's thing. He just searches for the TNT title because it means that much to him. Yeah. And uh, because he can't go for the world title. Yeah. And I feel like that elevates the TNT title when you've got one of your top baby faces longing for this title. Yeah. Although Agreed. I will say, I don't know if you've listened to the AEW Unrestricted podcast for the anniversary edition. I have not. Uh, Cody, even in real life, is a massive heel. Because Brody Lee was talking about how his child goes to bed every night with the TNT title. And uh, Cody took that away from him. So <laughs> Cody uh, is just, I mean, a terrible heel. He can say what he wants. He can say he's here for the fans. But man, there's a child out there crying because he doesn't get to sleep with his TNT title. That's a bummer. That's because, because of you, Cody. And you booked the match. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll never forgive you. Yeah. But no, Rick it, Valentine was in the crowd for this, by the way. He was. He didn't look super enthused through most of the match. No, he didn't. Um, which I think is their thing. Like they brought in Mike Tyson and he's yawning. Greg Valentine's just there. Yeah. Uh, and Cody and Brody are like killing each other. But uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to bring him in. He yeah. maybe could have shown more emotion. I'm sure he's getting paid to be there. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that's why he wasn't very emotional. He's like, you know yeah. what? I'm not going to sell. You're not going to pay me. But uh, yeah, this was, I can't say enough good things about this match. So, so good. I'm looking forward to where the story goes. And so, let me, so afterwards, Orange Cassidy comes out. Because Cody's well, talking so, about he's going to go back to defending right. the title. And out comes Orange Cassidy. He comes out, and he gives a thumbs up to Cody, and Cody gives him a thumbs up back. Yeah. But Orange Cassidy just lost. Right. I don't like this. 
I know they're trying to get the biggest match they can for the TNT title for their anniversary show. I don't feel like this is even it. Yeah. So here's what I think should happen. Okay. You've got FTR versus Best Friends next week. You've got Cody versus Orange Cassidy next week. Obviously, okay. Orange Cassidy is part of the Best Friends. Mm-hmm. Is perhaps Cody somehow related to FTR? Do perhaps FTR take out Orange Cassidy before Cody's match, having to elect for a surprise opponent? That's where I would, would book it. Who would the surprise opponent be? I don't know. Scorpio Sky again? Somebody? Yeah. I think it'd be a better match. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen the way they've been building the match. Cody said on uh, Twitter that Orange Cassidy has never used a collar and elbow tie-up in AEW, which is true. And uh, he's going to force him to do that. He's going to force him to have a real wrestling match. And uh, Orange Cassidy replied on Twitter, nah. Yeah. <laughs> that was his uh, his reply. I don't know, though. I mean, like, Orange Cassidy just lost to Brody Lee. Cody just beat Brody Lee. Why is Orange Cassidy now facing Cody? Yeah. I do understand that. He beat Jericho. He and Jericho beat Cody. So by the same standards, I guess it does make sense. But yeah. it still doesn't. I don't know. I, I feel like this... If they would have had somebody who hadn't went for it before, maybe I would think next week the title could possibly change hands. Yeah. Because I think looking at it, I don't see a single title changing hands next week and everyone's going to be defended. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I am wrong. Uh, maybe Lance Archer takes it from Moxley. Maybe Best Friends take it off FTR. I don't think yeah. any of those things are happening. No, I don't either. So, I don't know. I would have liked for them to have brought in somebody. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I keep wanting for Pac to have a big, impactful return. I know he literally physically cannot. He's stuck in England or wherever it is he is. Yeah, the UK. But I could have had somebody, something to give us something, some sort of hope that next week the title could be taken off of Cody. And maybe Orange Cassidy takes it off of Cody. I don't know. That would be pretty dumb. But maybe that shows you, hey, you can have one week title reigns here. Yeah. yeah I, don't I don't think know. we need that. Don't think we need that, no. Not at this juncture. No. I think it should happen at some point. Somebody yeah. should have a really short title reign. I feel bad yeah. for that person. But they need to establish that that can happen so we're not all like, well, no, they can't well, they, lose it yet. They kind of just did, though, right, with Brody Lee. It was only five weeks. Yeah, that's a pretty short reign. I mean, I, I didn't expect Cody to win this match. I really no, didn't. Neither. But I was fine when he did. He won. I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Let the uh, baby face actually get one up for once. Yeah, I mean, he literally, like, killed him, choked out his wife. He's been attacking his wife on television, calling her uh, brother. Instagram yeah. thought, his brother. So it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with Cody winning. Believe and it or I don't not. Think you can, I don't think you can complain about this and complain about WWE as well, because when you have stuff like The Miz as a baby face letting uh, – uh, Shane get one over on him after beating up his dad or the fiend getting one over on him after, you know, terrorizing his children. And then you go, yeah, there's, there's no way the, the Miz is winning this. If he did, we would have to give them the same praise, right? Like yeah. sometimes it's okay for the good guy to win. That's what wrestling should be about. It should, I mean, if wrestling really is for kids, which uh, you can argue that it is, mm-hmm. doesn't the good guy need to come out victorious sometimes? Yeah. Sure. And I don't think it happens very often in this kind of storyline. So I was fine with it. It was very unexpected. Yeah. I mean, how much better would it have been if Rusev would have beaten Bobby Lashley? 
Right. After he had stolen his wife. Yeah, come on, man. I they love to her on stage or whatever it is they did. Freaking Maybe. stupid. All right, moving on. Big Swole versus Serena Deep. No, Kenny Omega in a backstage, ser- oh, that's a right. backstage segment. Because, you know, because uh, yeah, Hangman Page. I don't have it in my notes. So Hangman Page, Wardlow, and Colt Cabana were announced for the uh, upcoming singles tournament. Yes. For the winner, um, the finals are going to happen at full gear. And Kenny Omega's like, man, I just, you know, Hangman Page, he's a he's a tag team wrestler. And I don't know why he's in here because, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to wrestle him because he's a, he's a tag team wrestler. And I, I don't have a problem with, you know, wrestling people in singles, especially if they're tag team wrestlers like Adam Page. And you know, he's a cowboy and he's got no friends and he's a tag team wrestler. You know, his name's Adam Page. And I'm like, we get it, Kenny. Like, you want to talk about pouring it on. Oh, my gosh. But it was perfect. Like, it was exactly what it needed to be. It was Kenny Omega starting to go just a little bit crazy. Um, this has been booked by fans, uh, which I think is really could be could be a way that it goes. Is you could have Kenny and Hangman not in the finals, maybe in the first round or the semifinals, and the Bucks screw over Hangman. Yeah, as kind of revenge. I think that is way more likely to happen than actually have them in the finals. It just seems too obvious. Um, I think this is going to set up a long-term feud. I think Kenny Omega is going to be uh, your next champion, and either Hangman will be a very quick challenger and lose, or will eventually be the guy to take it off of Kenny, one or the other. Yeah, I, I said it before. I don't think only Hangman and Kenny are going to be in the finals. That's that's a year down the line. Hangman yeah. versus Kenny is a year down the line. A real match. You may have a non-finish match which is okay to have every once in a while for storytelling purposes. Especially when it's a company that never does that. For sure. I'm okay with it. That's the only time it's okay, personally. But I think they should have Kenny versus Hangman, and then the Bucks interfere, or Hangman versus somebody in the prelim to Kenny, and they interfere then, and Hangman never even gets to face Kenny. Be okay with that as well. Either way, okay. they don't need to be in the finals. As much as I would like to see that, as I will possibly be at the show, I don't think that needs to happen. That's a year down the line kind of match. Right. Six months down the line. It's it's down the road for sure. Yeah. Uh, after Kenny has the belt, preferably. Unless they're going to swerve us and give the belt to Hangman first. Yeah. I don't think so. But I don't think fun. so. That's not hey, the way I would book it, but hey, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, they've been so hard to predict. I don't see Hangman winning this title without fans, though. Like, I understand that there are fans now, but when Hangman wins that title, there's going to be a room full of them. It's going to be a Stone Cold Steve Austin thing, kind of thing, oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, Absolutely. he's going to be busting beers and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, if, if possible, again, bringing up Pack, I would have the final, the final being Kenny versus a returning Pack. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, yeah, we've seen Pack versus Kenny a hundred times. I don't know who else could put up as good of a match, as big of a match for Full Gear. Uh, nobody else pops in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to have Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky probably in the tournament. So yeah. maybe it's Kenny versus one of those guys, and they would put on a banger of a match. I can absolutely see Kenny Omega versus Scorpio Sky in the finals. Yeah. AEW thinks a lot of Scorpio. Like he's he's, he's very similar to Orange Cassidy, where he can win the big one, but he's not quite ready for a title shot or for like a, a title reign. Yeah, like I think they view him as like a top tier mid Carter 
or lower tier main eventer who is not going to win the title but can be placed in that position. I could see him winning it one day, but it's it's a long oh yeah yeah time just not right now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. not now. I mean you've got guys that are one hundred percent ready. Put the title on him. You're going to sell toys. I mean, you're going to have viewers. He's not one of them at the moment. Right. Not yet. Not yet. But I think one day for sure he will be. I think he's going to be the next TNT champ after Cody. I think it would be perfect. Yeah. We will see. Uh, But anyways, two Serena Deeb versus Big Swole. Yeah. And can we say Mm -hmm. that while the match was good, and you you can talk about it. I don't mean to take away your thunder. Go ahead. What, What a crappy position to be in. For like, sure. who in the world would want to follow that incredible dog collar match, which was probably planned to be the main event until they thought, we got to put Jericho there. It's his 30-year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, I would argue... <sighs> I would argue it should have been the main event, even though it is Jericho's 30th anniversary. They yeah. should have just opened with Jericho. I mean, it's arguably just as important to open the show as it is to end it, and a lot yeah. of times, for especially for viewership... Although, if I would have opened up the show as a first-time viewer and seen Luther, I would have turned it off. So, <laughs> that's a different story we'll get into. Yeah. But yeah, Swole versus Serena Deeb. This is probably Swole's best match. Serena Deeb Agreed. is obviously very talented. It's amazing. The best television women's match we've seen from AEW was Serena Deeb versus uh, Thunder Rosa. So, it makes sense this would be Swole's best match. Yeah. Uh, and she does seem to be getting better and better. As long as she's not in a dentist office. Right. Uh, I think she won with the rolling elbow, I believe. Yeah. Big Swole did. Yeah. She managed to get one over on Deeb. I I know Deeb is signed now. I would have liked to seen Serena Deeb start to get a push here maybe. But they've got to have somebody for the title shot. Big Swole's perfect for it. Uh, she's been having a lot of television time. She's been getting a push. So I think we're going to, I mean, it's been announced we're going to see Swole versus Hikaru Shida next week. Uh, Shida will more than likely retain, possibly due to some Britt Baker shenanigans. Yeah, I think Britt Baker should be the one to take it off Hikaru Shida. Um, I think if a title change is changing hands, it's Swole winning. I don't think she will, but if it happens, that's the title. Yeah, that's that's the more than likely one. Yeah. I mean, there's no way FTR is losing. There's no way Cody's losing, and there is a zero percent chance that Moxley is losing. Also, can we talk about how they said that every title is on the line and the FTW title isn't? And let me be clear: I don't consider it a real title. But he just we're talking about right now that Brian Cage defended it against Will Hobbs, so that would be a really cool promo for Tasta Cut. I bet they will. They're yeah. going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, you know what, that's a good idea, Matt. We're going to put that in our show. <laughs> that's a good idea, Matt. Let's try that. Yeah. How about some free tickets, Mr. Khan? Front row, I mean, preferably. Yeah, you know, those seats that you don't put anybody in? The, friends how about and the friends? I'll, yeah, I'll stay with the friends and family, where there's like, you know, 14 people in all those yeah. seats. I'm down. Let's do it. I I'll promise not to rush John Moxley. Yes, I promise. We will wear our mask. Yes. Jermex, Lysol, whatever you need us to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's enough about that match. It was just a match that was there. It was a good yep. match, but it's just a match that was there. Yeah, you can't follow that, unfortunately. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Nope. Versus, Do- nope. well, we had the Moxley promo, didn't we? Yes. That was a really good promo. It was incredible. I, I mean, it's just, this poor guy, like Dean Ambrose, just, oh my gosh. Like, if you want to talk about, if there's ever a situation... Where you go, is Vince McMahon really holding these guys back? Or are people just complaining to complain? Because, oh my gosh, 
John Moxley cut one of the best promos I've ever seen. And at the end, now remember last year when we heard a thousand times over, burn it down. Gosh. And it made me want to burn down my television yep. because I hate Seth Rollins so much. John Moxley used Lance Archer's catchphrase and at the end said, like you always say, Lance, everybody dies and sits down his drink and walks away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like give this guy an he drink. He took a shot. Yeah, and off, and it's, it's just far. It's so a, good, such a good visual too. They do yeah. a good job with their vignettes. Yeah, you got Moxley as this like super hardcore dude alone in a bar, drinking some sort of hard liquor, cutting a promo on Archer by himself. Yeah, he's doing such a good job of it, man. I saw a thing on Squared Circle too that he's had eleven matches since he won the title. He's won five of those via Paradigm Shift. Six of them have been by um, submission and different submissions. Yeah, he's going to choke it, out Lance Archer for sure. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. He did the armbar on Brian Cage. Like, it's just, it's so good. He's just so good, and I want him to hold the title forever. Yeah. I mean, if Kenny Omega wasn't, like, this this heel Kenny Omega is going to be out of this world good. And if it's not, then I... I just leaving on Mox forever. I don't care that he's a former WWE guy. He's I've heard people so say, I just don't really understand the thing with John Moxley. Do you not? Have you watched him? Yeah. It's like, I, I don't understand it. the thing about John Moxley. Well, I was a fan of Dean Bambrose, but I haven't watched much on AEW. I was like, okay, then shut up. Yeah. It's a totally because different character. He's so good. He so has, good. he has title star, superstar face of the company. Yes. written all over him, man. I mean, and, and a lot of people say, well, I just don't know what you'd do with Moxley if he didn't have a belt. I bet he'd come up with something. Yes. Easy. Easy. I mean, good He's Lord, like the easiest at, character in the world to write for. He's just a stone-cold killer. Yeah, look at, speaking of stone-cold, uh, look yeah. at uh, look at stone-cold when he didn't have the belt. He found stuff yeah. to do. Sure did. Important stuff, too. Look at Moxley versus Kenny Omega. One of my yeah. favorite matches of all time. That, that Lights Out match, so good. That was insane. The first episode of Dynamite, he comes out and puts him through that glass table. That's a moment yeah. I'll never forget. Love it. I know. So good. I love love everything about John Moxley. Uh, you know what I don't love? This main event. <laughs> don't. So I said on Facebook before this, that this will certainly be a match. And you know yeah. what? It was. It was a match. Now, can I say, to be fair, because I know how much you hate Luther... At the very beginning, him and Jericho started, and I literally thought, wow, Luther's really giving it 110% tonight because he really wants to show off for his very good friend, Christian. Because Luther's a nice guy. Like, he's a he, very nice guy. I've really enjoyed him on Talk as Jericho. Yeah, I he's think great. that, what is his name? What is his real name? Gosh, I heard it like a million times in Talk as Jericho. I can't remember. Lenny. I think oh, Lenny is a great guy. Yeah. Luther is a trash wrestler. Now, we say that, though. He's 52 years old. So maybe he was amazing 20 years ago because he, he made his name for some reason, right? But you so, know what? He wasn't signed to AEW 20 years <laughs> He signed to AEW fair. now. But he was really great in the beginning of the match. He really was. And uh, Jericho tagged out to Hager, and then it just all fell apart. Like, it, and nothing Hager, is Hager, also a trash wrestler. He's not. Hager's good. He's just not your Your opinion style is invalid. It doesn't match up with my opinion, therefore invalid. So you should be a politician. I mean, this is basically opinion-based news, and I have a lot of opinions, and oh. one of them is that Hager is a trash wrestler. Okay. 
And that, and Hager, if you're listening, that's Kyle.Pauly on Instagram. Uh, yeah. My name is Kyle Pauly. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Russell Life Underground now. I've been drafted. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, Serpentico gave it his all in this match. Yeah. I think it's fantastic that they got to have Chris Jericho versus Luther. It's apparently never happened before. They've been best friends for forever. I think it's a great thing. It's a very unselfish thing. A lot of times, as Jericho is very unselfish. I mean, yeah. for a guy of his caliber to say, hey, you know this guy that wrestles on Dark that nobody likes? Yeah. I'm going to put him in the main event of my 30-year anniversary show because he's one of my best friends, and yep. I'm going to get him over. That's so selfless. It's fantastic. I'm glad he got to wrestle his friend. Yeah. That's great. The match was bad. It was a bad match. It's the worst main event Dynamite has ever had. That's not that hard to say because they're usually fantastic. Yeah. But it just wasn't good. Serpentico gave it his all. I'm I'm hoping that this match gets him over. And you know what? Luther did do very well for a few minutes. Yeah. But he didn't have the cardio to stay in the match. And also, he's not good enough to make Jake Hager look good because Jake Hager is not a good wrestler. That's all there is to it. If John Moxley can can wrestle Jake Hager and make me bored, then what's Luther going to do? So Luther had two spots. One, he went up top and like rolled outside. What a high flying spot that was! And like he leaned says, forward. <laughs> it says Luther takes to the skies and like just oh my gosh. And then there was another spot where he got up and like was walking the ropes and like <laughs> it makes you really respect someone like how Undertaker or Grand Metalik can do this because. The ropes were so, so wobbly. Like, I legitimately thought he was going to fall. And then there was one spot where he was on the apron. He really did just fall. He just, like, fell off. I don't know if that was caught on TV or not. Yeah, it was. But he, he fell off, and then he had to climb back up. And it was just, it just wasn't great. And I don't want to so, I don't want to bag on Luther. I mean, he's a great about, guy. Talking about he's his age. living his dream, right? Talking about his age. Yes. He's the same age as Dustin Rhodes. Okay. Well. Okay? Dustin Rhodes okay. is better now than he's ever been. That might be true. I get it. He's the natural. He didn't spend a lot of time away from wrestling. But come on, man. I don't think AJ, he's only two years older than Jericho, and Jer- Jericho did a lion's salt in this match. That's true. It's okay to admit that you're not a very good wrestler. But I do think it's kind of a bad idea to let friendships dictate your promotion. I understand that he's Chris Jericho's best friend. It's his 30th anniversary. I'm okay with him being on this show. That's fine. Don't put him in another main event. Don't try to push him because he's Jericho's friend. Let it in here. He had his moment. That's fine. Glad he got it. Let's move on. Go back to dark. Be an enhancement talent. That's fine. Maybe have a hardcore match if you want to. Don't want to see you in the main event of Dynamite anymore. Don't want to see you on a real match on Dynamite anymore. Don't want to see Jake Hager on Dynamite anymore either, if I could put in that personal request. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get Jake Hager versus Will Hobbs, and Will Hobbs can go over. That'd be great. Yeah. But uh, it's not going to happen, but it'd be great. So, I don't know, man. It just, uh, I just, I hated it. I really did. I just, you're not wrong. I'm just trying to be nice about it. I'm so not I, a nice but, person. <laughs> that's not true, but I, I, I do Chris get Cumby it. Chris like, Cumbie is at Russell Life Heel. I'm taking over that Twitter, ha- Twitter handle. Uh, it has been drafted to my Twitter now. Uh, so, Chris Cumbie, you can go to Wrestle Life Underground with Kyle. 
It's true. Like I, I do. I understand where you're coming from. A Luther, I'm sure, is a wonderfully kind person. He shouldn't be in the main event, though. I, I, I do get it. Let's talk and, about what happened after the match. Yeah, let's let's talk about it because yeah. also the match finished, and I'm like, huh. The match started had like 14 minutes left on TV. I was like, huh. I thought for sure they'd have like some long promo by Jericho. MJF said he was going to be there. I mean, I know he had the little video. What's what's going on? There's like three minutes left of television time. Yep. And man, a lot happened in three minutes. <laughs> it sure did. Holy smokes. You had Jericho celebrating with his inner circle. Luther was gone afterwards, uh-huh. which is nice to see. <laughs> uh, as he should be off of my television uh, but he's celebrating there uh, with the with the inner circle and he doesn't get like three words out of his mouth and MJF's music hits MJF comes out and says cut my music cut my music this night is not about me it's about Christopher Jericho and Jericho's like looking over at him like what are you what are you doing MJF comes out and he has Wardlow and what is obviously a person with a bag over their body. And uh, he says, you know what, Chris? I just wanted to come out and congratulate you on your 30-year career, on the great ma- uh, your great win tonight, and I've got a present for you. And Wardlow, like, starts to unveil, and he's, like, on the count of three, and Wardlow was like, oh, crap, did you notice that? Did you notice that happened? No. Wardlow, like, almost ripped the wrapping off of the clown. Spoiler alert. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. And then MJF was like three, and and Wardle was like, oh, crap. And he was like, (laughs) trying to put it back on him. Uh, That was funny. That wasn't intentional, but it was funny. So, uh, yeah, he unveils it. It's a clown. The clown is holding a present, and the clown is working paint. To be clear, his name was Clownico. Clownico. And he's wearing Pain Maker face paint. Yep. Uh, And and Jericho has a history of clowns, I believe. Uh, I don't remember exactly what. But I'm pretty sure he had a history in WWE of clowns. He had an issue with clowns. So. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's projecting. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So he's got a present for him, and uh, it looks to be picture sized. So you may think, oh, it's a picture of Jericho in the inner circle. Uh, it's a picture of Jericho's 30 year career. Nope. Opens it up and it is a picture of MJF in his tights, his wrestling tights. Yep. Dang, you're naked. Um, Jericho looks at it and he's like, oh yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And then burst it over the clown's head. And, uh, then he Judas Judas affected him. Assaulted the man. Yeah. Have you watched that clip over? No. So you would think, man, that clown really knows how to sell. No, Jericho just really elbowed him in the face. (laughs) It was the, the, Best Judas effect I've ever seen. So I went out back and watched it. Jericho 100% just knocked that poor clown in the face. Wow. Hey, 30 years, Jericho. I guess you're allowed one. <laughs> Went into business for himself, I guess. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just straight up just knocked that clown out. MJF, and he's like, I hate clowns. And then MJF is like, gotcha. And then him and Jericho start laughing. And... uh Jericho says, oh, and one more thing. Don't ever interrupt me again. And uh, that was pretty much it. Am I missing yeah. anything? That's pretty much it. They were it. all happy at the end. MGF and Jericho were happy. Um, yeah. They started doing the credit roll. Yes, the credits. That. They start doing the credits. And uh, it's a shame they didn't have that there live on the, the, the Tron for everybody. 
They start rolling the credits in like a Saturday Night Live fashion. They've got everybody in the ring. All the heels come out for Jericho. And uh, the credits roll. It says executive producer, Chris Jericho. Makeup artist, Chris Jericho. Cameraman number four, Chris Jericho. The list goes on and on and on. Chris Jericho is responsible for everything you saw on the screen tonight, folks. Every single thing. So thank you, Jericho. Just, it was a great way to end the show. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, overall, I thought the show was pretty good. The main event was trash. I thought the ending was a little rushed. I think something must have went too long. Yeah. Uh, because I think the the main event, the, the after main event was supposed to be something else. I was really concerned it wasn't going to make it on TV. But it did. Or at least on Fight TV. I haven't heard any complaints about TNT. Yeah. But uh, we had some good matches. Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage was very good. Uh, Big Swole versus Serena Deep was very good. Had some good promos. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a B minus show. Really? I love this show. Uh, I don't know. Luther was on it, so <laughs> at least a letter grade. And I didn't love TH two versus FTR. Yeah, yeah, um, I did. So I. Oh well, Cody and Brody Lee was there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. All right, so I get to B. Get to B. Okay. B for Brody Lee. B for Brody Man, Lee lost the title. That's pretty low, though. That's that might be the best TV match we've had this year. Yeah, the match was great, but I didn't think overall the show was great. See, I love the show. I love the show from top to bottom, except for the Luther match. I thought it was terrific. I thought the ending was funny. Cody versus Brody was absolutely spectacular. Not good, spectacular. Uh, I, I'm going to give this show an A minus. Uh, honestly, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to give it an A. I thought this show was exceptional. I loved it, other than the main event. Okay. Well, but again, I, I'm super biased because I'm there every week and feeling the energy while you're there is something special because there's such a small number of people there. And this is something that probably for the rest of our lives, we'll never have the opportunity to do again. We'll never have an opportunity to go, you yeah. know what? Here is a nationally televised. It's really global wrestling company in a stadium that holds 5,500 people. We're selling 750 tickets and spreading you apart. And my beautiful wife is the one that pointed this out. It's intimate, it's small, and it's something that couldn't have happened without COVID. So I'm not obviously not saying that COVID's a good thing, but something good that came out of it are these small family style shows. And I have absolutely loved the opportunity to go every week. I haven't missed one yet. I I understand. I would love it if they were in Dothan, Alabama. Yeah. But unfortunately they're not, and my bank account does thank it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get but, it. But uh, make a quick little uh, pay the bills break. Okay. Before we, you know, we got to really like get our, our, our weighted gloves on, uh, mouth guard, because we're just about to, we're about to beat down on some, some WWE. It's going to be fun. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we will be back. Stay tuned, all folks. Right. Be right back. Hello out there, all you filthy animals. This is Aya Freak, and you're listening to Wrestle Live Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. Let's talk about the draft. It is a little drafty in here. Yeah, it is, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. There's a, there, was, there was another draft this week? Uh, there was a WWE draft this week, even though there was one about six months ago. Okay. 
Well, that makes sense to have, you know, your entire roster shaken up every six months. And things happened, right? So, I mean, things definitely happened. Yeah, it is worth that is worth saying. You know, they did, you know, fire a bunch of people they had contracts with. Yes. So they need to move stuff around for sure. Yes. There were so many problems with this draft, and we're going to go over some of them. But I just want to specifically point out before we get started, why in kayfabe, and you know what, if, you, you, if you're a long-time listener, I'm pretty sure I made this exact same argument six months ago. Why in kayfabe, if you are allowed to draft a tag team, why would you only draft one? Because you hate them, and you want why to would see you do their that? agony. Dominic and Rey Mysterio were taken together. They're not even a real tag team. They're just family. No, they're not. Uh, the Hurt Business were taken together. Retribution was taken, which, boy, we're going to talk about that. None of these things are tag teams. These are factions. But why are Otis and Tucker taken separately? Why was the New Day split up? The New it Day. Doesn't make, the it doesn't New make... Day. The only thing I like about WWE television at this juncture. Right. The New Day. They split them up. I just don't understand logically why you would do it. And this is why I am no longer a fan of WWE. And I was thinking about it the other day. I never really was, right? I was a fan of WCW. I was a fan of CM Punk. And I was a fan of AEW. That was That's my wrestling road. I've never been a fan of WWE. And I think the reality is, and we were talking about this before we started recording, we just don't care anymore. And so if this happened six months to a year ago, and again, six months ago, pull up the draft episode from six months ago and you'll hear me rant and rave. At this point, I just feel so defeated by the ridiculously stupid, poorly put together storylines and pulling out of a, a hat just this random bullcrap that makes no logical sense. If you're going to have a draft, do two things. One, make it enjoyable. Okay, I don't care that real sports have someone walk up to a podium and go, in the first pick of the NFL draft is Baker Mayfield. Like, okay, but that's exciting because we as NFL fans get to see new players on our team. We don't have a team here, and I don't care how much you push Survivor Series as Raw and SmackDown. It's still the WWE umbrella, and no one cares. No one says, I only like Raw or only like SmackDown. No one says that except for the few weeks where one of them is good and the other one's bad. So the, the draft is irrelevant. So make it fun. Secondly, make it make logical sense. What you have to do is you go, all right, these are the people that are on the board, and if you want to split people up, do it via trade. Go, we drafted the New Day. Oh, I, I really wanted the New Day. Well, I'm sorry, you can't have them. Can I Can I at least have Big E? Okay, who will you give me for Big E? I don't know, maybe Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Sold. It's that simple. Terrible trade. Okay, yes. But at least, at least have it make sense. That's all that I ask. If you want to make it realistic, it has to make sense. If you have the weird lottery thing that they used to do where they used to show like 12 wrestlers, you know, on the screen, it was like going around in a circle and then it stopped on one. You're like, oh, 
you know, AJ Styles has been drafted to Raw, and like, oh, we that's that's so surprising. That's better. Don't do it this way. The way that you guys are doing it is poor writing. It's mind-numbingly stupid, and it's boring. So if, you, something, if something is stupid and boring, why am I watching it? For sure. Have you ever enjoyed the draft? Like, yes. did you enjoy the Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff drafts? Absolutely. I did and too. I know it's re- so I don't know if it was just, I was concerned that it was just me as a child watching and thinking this was all real. And they were really choosing out of a hat who was going where. Yeah. But man, like when John Cena came out and forced Paul Heyman to choose one of the, the lotto balls they had. Yeah. And Paul Heyman was like, no, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And everybody's just like, no, you have to do it. He said he chose the thing. And then yeah. it came out that it was Triple H splitting up evolution. Yep. My gosh, that made me feel something. Well, the I reason enjoyed for it. That, it was entertaining. Let me tell you why. And it's just an easy answer. Because back in the day, they would do a draft maybe once a year. Maybe. And back then, shows mattered. If you were on SmackDown... You were only on SmackDown. Right now, you've got Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's been on Raw for two weeks, and he got drafted to Raw. Why? Why not Why not hold it off? Why yeah. not go, this is going to be a big deal. You know what Braun Strowman, Raw Superstar's doing this Friday? He's wrestling Roman Reigns for the SmackDown Universal title. That's what's happening. And I just, I, it mattered because Triple H had been on Raw for four or five years, and to have him on SmackDown is absolutely insane. That's why it mattered. Mm-hmm. But right now, it doesn't matter. I don't even know who these who's on what show. Like, I have absolutely no idea. And you know what? If I watch the show every week, I still wouldn't know. Because for the last six months, even though they've had a draft, they've just been putting people on any show they could. And yes, I get the COVID thing. That's why I haven't given them too hard of a time about it, even though I have given them kind of a hard time about it. But you still have to pick a lane, guys. You have to pick a lane. You're either going to go, we're going to allow it, or we're not. And they they've flip-flop for the last six months so this draft was absolutely meaningless you know what mattered the fiend and seth rollins switching that's it nothing else mattered as much as i love aj styles him going to raw it it doesn't matter he just came to smackdown he's just getting away from paul Heyman. yeah uh bailey is a smackdown women's champion i'm not convinced that she's a smackdown superstar yeah as many times as she's went back and forth good lord i know i know it's just what brand is sasha on i don't even know uh, is she on NXT? Is she on Smackdown? Raw or Smack? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, I just it doesn't make any sense. Also, I feel like we went over it too fast. They split up the New Day. They did. Let's talk about that. Go ahead. I mean, they split up the New Day. That's all there is to say about it. <laughs> I don't even have to extrapolate on the point. They split up the New Day. You know, like one of the biggest factions they've ever had, one of the biggest tag teams of all time. I think now they're 10 times tag team champions. Yeah. Because I think they just got a new reign because they switched from Raw to SmackDown, so they swapped the belts. Yep, that's what we're going to talk about next. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Okay, so when after they split them up, Xavier, Sami Zayn was said something about logic, and Xavier Woods on Talking Smack no, or whatever show it was. It was Big E. And said, man, you've been around here this long, and you're you're thinking that logic actually matters. And I'm like, that's just, just so like, good. He just like in the most exasperated, deadpan tone, he's like, you know things don't matter around here. Yeah, exactly. I think and Big E is legitimately upset. 
As it should be. I mean, it absolutely should be. The fact that they did it for what? For yeah. what? If it were AEW, I'd be like, you know what? They're going to come up with some really good storyline. They're going to connect yeah. it all together. Big E is going to make his run, and he's going to reunite with the New Day. It's going to be great. But you know what they're going to do? Give it, I don't know, three weeks. The New Day is going to be on SmackDown ringside with Big E, I'm sure. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. They're probably just doing this just so I get upset. And you know what? It worked. I'm upset. <laughs> so if it was AEW, they would do the SCU treatment and go, man, Big E, you're going to go for the singles now. Kofi and Xavier's going to go for tag team. And there you go. But you're still yeah. SCU. Yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. So I just... So Xavier or Big E went went for the went for the knock there. Well, on Raw, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are in the back as uh, Raw superstars at the SmackDown Champions because they beat Shinsuke and uh, Sara for basically no reason, just to move the, the titles. I mean, as soon as Xavier Woods gets back, which by the way, can I mention, he's still great. He's been gone for yeah. how long, and he does not look like he missed a step. He looks no, better than he ever has. He looks great in the ring. He's not credited for being as good of a wrestler as he is because he's such a great personality and he does so yeah. great with the video game stuff as well. But yeah. uh, Xavier Woods is not the manager of the New Day. He's not the one that gets strewn along. He's a fantastic wrestler, and I hope they let him keep these titles for a while and put on some banger matches. Yeah. But I bet they're going to lose it to a people who aren't even a tag team. It's totally possible. Do. Sorry, go so, ahead. They're in the back. Street Profits, the Raw tie, the Raw champs, were drafted to SmackDown. And even though before the draft started, they specifically said any titles that any champions that move shows that have their titles, they're going to get to keep their titles. Adam Pearce is in the back. He's like, I've been authorized to this. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Why don't we just switch? Why don't we just switch? And so Xavier Woods goes, Well, I. I guess that's the most logical thing. And Kofi said, is it? And Xavier Woods, looking so exasperated on live television, goes, I, I guess. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> it, They're the same titles. They just have different straps. It's so stupid. And they both have a new reign now. Yeah, so now when they announce the new day, it's clap for your 10 times yeah. world tag team champs. It's so stupid. And by the way... The entire reign of the New Day, they have been... It doesn't matter if Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston have the belt. Big E is also credited as having the tag team championship reign. Yeah. This is the first time that on WWE's official website, Big E is not credited with this current tag team reign. Yep. Because in a different brand, I guess. I don't know. It's stupid. It's yeah. so stupid. Don't care for it. So they just... They hot potato these titles. Like they, they literally just handed them to each other. And I'm just sitting here going... You want to talk about devaluing belts? Just, oh my gosh. It just. And again, as I said earlier, I'm just so defeated by it. I don't really care as much as I used to. But it's just so stupid. Like, it just blows my mind. And I thought for sure they were going to unify the titles. Right. How great great would that have been? Because Mm -hmm. you have like three tag teams, and Lord knows they're getting split up soon. Right. Why do you need two different tag team belts for the Street Profits to wrestle Andrade and Angel Garza eight weeks in a row, nine right. weeks in a row, eight months in a row, whatever it's been? Why do you need the New Day to probably face Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, even if they're not on the same brand anymore, again? Why do you need that? Just have one title, have it go between brands because they're going to do it anyways. 
then you can put the New Day on Raw, and they can still be there with Big E on his singles run. Right. Doesn't make any sense. They should have unified the titles. They should have had Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston versus the Street Profits. Yes. And unify the titles. Whoever wins gets the titles. That would have been a fantastic match. And they would have had a little bit less problems with the tag team division. But no, they did this. Yes. So, um, Retribution was drafted. Yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you take one of your draft picks and choose the people destroying your show? That specifically says, we are here to destroy your show. They're already given contracts, which is dumb. And now they're like, "We, we want you here. We want this team that was drafted before tons of big superstars, right? We want this team that says they're going to destroy Raw. We want them on our show. That's it's like 100%. someone coming in and robbing your bank and you giving them a job. That is correct. That is. It's like, you know what? That's Screw analogy. you, Tina. You're fired. Mr. Bank robber guy, you now have a job in customer service. <laughs> Why? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And again, I, we could harp for another 20 minutes about WWE not making sense. But this might be... And I've been watching wrestling a long time. This might be in the face of kayfabe, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it might. It's like going, you know, because back in the day when NWO came around, the NWO was forced onto WCW. They said, we are taking over. When they had their advertisements, they literally said, we paid TNT for these advertisements. It, remember, you remember the classic promos? The following announcement was paid for by the New World Order. Yep. It wasn't, man, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, they they want to take over, and they want to destroy the place. No, they wanted to be the absolute three best guys on the show. They wanted to go to war. They paid to be put on, and WCW executives could not deny them because they made the company so much money. But... Retribution, who everyone online is making fun of, they're going, yeah, well, we'll give them some contracts. And then we'll draft them. Draft them higher than Aleister Black. Yes. Yes. Um, Lars Sullivan's back, and I do not want to get into all the stuff. Not for long. In. Yeah. I don't want to get into all the stuff, but here's reality. This is what everyone needs to know. Uh, Lars Sullivan has almost no supporters, but he's got one that's real important. His name's Vince McMahon. So he ain't going anywhere. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. I don't know he's been taking off of the graphics for the draft and everything. He was drafted, though. He was drafted. drafted I don't know. SmackDown. I mean, apart from all of the crap behind the scenes with Lars Sullivan, what is the point of Lars Sullivan? They book him as this monster. He's smaller than Keith Lee. Yeah. They book him as Braun Strowman. And I said this on our group chat the other day. He's the Gilberg version of Braun Strowman. 100%. He's he a is. joke. He's, He's a no wannabe He's fat. joke Braun Strowman. If they're going to bring him back, have Braun Strowman be like, no, there's only room for one monster, and that's me, the monster among men. I'm going to squash yeah. you. Have him beat him in Raw Underground. Have him beat him in a match. I don't care. I want him off of my TV. I don't want to see him anymore. Good Lord, put Luther in the main event title shot before Over I ever Lars see Sullivan. Lars Sullivan again. Yeah. You know why? Because Luther's a good person and Lars, Lars Sullivan sucks. That is correct. So, uh, and that reminds me that I forgot to put in my notes. We're, Raw Underground is what hasn't been on Raw again, like three, four yeah. weeks. R.I.P. Raw. Raw Underground. Apparently, it's coming back. They just mm. 
they're like, oh, we're, we don't know what to do, so we'll oh, bring it back later. speaking of not there, guess who wasn't yeah. there on Raw this week? Who? Retribution. Oh, that's right. They weren't even Not even a promo. promo. They had this big reveal with Ali, and uh-huh. everybody's like tuning in like, okay, let's find out what they can do. This Ali thing was pretty cool, you know? Him being revealed as the leader, it looked pretty great. You even said so yourself. It looked really yeah. cool. Glad to see Ali back on TV. Let's tune into Raw. It's a three-hour show. Surely they'll figure out something to do. Nope, they weren't even there. Not a thing. The only excuse for this is COVID. Yeah. If they had a COVID outbreak, they had some scares. That's the only reason there's any kind of excuse that they were not on television. Otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, do you so, have a dog writing your, your script back there? No, well, Nay, do you have a cat writing your script? I think it's a monkey writing, like, random letter. What's the, what's the old thing if a, a monkey is typing for the rest of all time? Eventually, he's going to write the great American novel. Hmm. Well, it oh. still hasn't happened on Raw or SmackDown. Not a long they've time. Had, <laughs> yeah, I've had, like, four decades. So, um, yeah. I think the reality is... Vincent Mann has always just kind of done stuff on a whim, and he's booked week to week. And that's why we don't like this kind of stuff. We like long-term storytelling. Maybe if I was 10 years old, maybe I would love this. I don't think I would, but maybe I would. I don't know. I feel like I was more mature at 10 years old than to enjoy this. Because I stopped watching wrestling at about 10 years old. Yeah. So. Hey, let's talk about uh, Lana. Okay, let's talk about her. Natalia and Lana lose to Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, and Natalia goes, you know what, this isn't working, and leaves. So Lana no longer has a tag team that they just founded like two months ago. One of the, what, three women's tag teams? Yeah. Uh, Angel Garza and Andrade had their big blow-off match. It was two minutes long. Hmm. Two minutes, guys. They've been teasing this for months. Two minutes on these two obnoxiously talented wrestlers. Incredibly talented. Yep. Um, and then and we're gonna talk about Ricochet, so don't don't think I forgot about I was him. I'd say we gotta talk about Viva La Rico. Yeah. But at the end of the show, they had the women's battle royal, and in the middle of it they switched back to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre fighting in the background. Which is stupid. Also Natasha but, knocked out or uh Natalia, I'm sorry, had yeah. one of her teeth knocked out by Lacey Evans. Yeah. Which makes sense because Lacey Evans is a sloppy worker. Um, so Natalia is a mother, Matthew. How dare you? I'm sure she's a wonderful mother, but she's not a very good wrestler. And again, I'm sure she's a great person. Like we were talking about Luther earlier. I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but I no, not, not a great worker. Um, but the reality is Lana won the, the battle Royal knocking out Natalia. And, uh, by the way, she also went through a table again. It's the fourth time. in I think as many weeks, uh, but she won the she won in the battle royal, so she's gonna wrestle Oscar next week for the Raw Women's title. That should last about ninety seconds, or as long as Oscar wants it to. Exactly. If Lana gets any offense on this, I'm gonna be really upset. I mean, also, it better be almost none. Whose idea was it to take Oscar uh, from commentary to backstage? Why? I don't know. Bad bad decision. Bad. Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about Ricochet, but real quick before we do, how great were the New Day's tights? Classic 90s Nickelodeon. Oh, oh my so gosh. Good. Loved it. Absolutely terrific. With the slime and the orange and purple and teal and green. Just spectacular. They're so good. Yep. Really Alright, let's talk about uh, uh, Rick O'Shea, our favorite uh, frog splashy and wrestler. Uh, yes, Ricky Guerrero. 
Yes. We've now known. Yeah. Man, so, look. DQ finishes are okay. Some of my favorite matches of all time ended in a DQ finish because I love Eddie Guerrero. Yep. This match, Ricochet versus Cedric, it had the stipulation that if Ricochet lost, he had to join the Hurt Business. If he won, they'd leave him alone. Okay? Well, MVP tries to get involved with the chair, and Ricochet turns the tables. The, the referee is facing away. Ricochet does the Eddie Guerrero thing where he slams the chair on the floor, throws it at Cedric Alexander, and unlike Eddie Guerrero, Ricochet faded. Uh, he like fainted like an old church lady. Yes, like put his put the back of his wrist on his forehead. He was like, "Oh heavens!" and then fell back. It was <laughs> hilarious. Some people were like, "Oh, he's such a geek. Look at that dork, dude. That is hilarious." It was so good. It's the best thing I've seen on WWE programming in a long time. Loved it. I love the nod to Eddie Guerrero. But you know what? It doesn't make any sense because the referee didn't see it. Now, back in the day, that would have called for a DQ because they would have said, hey, I heard a chair. This guy's knocked out. But nowadays, they can see you hit somebody over a chair and they'll they'll be like, oh, that's still not a DQ. But yeah. if someone outside the ring gets involved, good Lord, they're going to have a DQ. He lays a uh-huh. finger on you. So that does kind of take away from it. However, I'm not going to let it take away from the fact that I like Ricochet. I like Eddie Guerrero. This is perfect. Viva La Rico. That needs to be a new shirt. I'm down. Uh, a ricochet shirt that says, I'm your poppy. Or like the old classic Eddie Guerrero, the black and white. Oh, dude, I've got that shirt. I would love yeah. a ricochet version. That's amazing. I I'm bet sure Kyle can make would, that for you. I'm not sure how Vicky would feel about it, but... I don't know. Ricochet seems like a pretty respectful dude. Yeah. I'm sure Vicky so. would be fine, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is obviously a WWE staple. He's always going to be involved. So, yeah, one hundred percent. I don't really have anything else I want to talk about for WWE. Do you have anything? Is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, Alistair Black versus Kevin Owens uh, was I heard was spectacular. I did not watch the match. Really so I didn't good watch the show. match. Yeah, but man, what are they doing with Alistair Black? Come on, what are they doing? Uh, that, Just send it back to NXT if they're going to treat him like this. Well, okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a okay. minute, and I, I, again, I'm on board with that because I love NXT. But the reality is they can say it all they want. NXT is not the third brand. NXT is a farm system to get wrestlers ready to bring to Raw or SmackDown. So if a, if a star or a wrestler or whatever the crap they want to call them are a failure on Raw or SmackDown, even if it's not their own fault, because it's clearly not Aleister Black's fault. He was stuck in a room where he wasn't... I mean, Aleister Black, he's freaking Demon Chuck Norris, right? So you have Aleister Black in a room and you have him talk. He's not supposed to talk, but fine. Have him talk. They took away his really awesome entrance theme and his really cool entrance with the coffin. Made him unique. Made him cool. Made him scary. They took that away. And now they're just making him job to everybody. And the problem is they're not pushing him. Now, again, not all his fault. But if someone fails in Raw or SmackDown, that's the whole point of NXT. So if they, even if the writers or Vince McMahon, whoever, screwed it up, that's on them, and it's time to move on. So on the very rare occasion you send someone back to NXT, like they did with Finn Balor, 
like I believe they're probably going to do to Andrade. They can't do that and make that a bloated roster because they have to prepare people for the primary, the the, the main roster, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, so I hope they cut ties with Aleister Black and he and Tommy N shows up in AEW. Tommy N is all elite. I would mark out for Aleister Black. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, but uh, he's, no, he's going to job till he's freaking contract expires and then he'll probably re-up because he works with his wife and they both make a crap ton of money and i'll tell you if if wwe wants to give me six figures to go out there and look like a moron every single week fine i'm i'm down man i will go out there and you can pour chocolate syrup all over me every single week you give me three hundred thousand dollars a year that's fine you can do a match though not up for that I'll do it. It's fine. I'll rub my butt on the ground just like the Revival did and make fun of myself on Twitter. You know what? You give me $300,000 a year, I'll do it. I don't care. But some people do. So I just... I I, I get why WWE says we're not going to send people back to NXT because it's not the third brand. If it was a third brand, it was different. If they want to make it the third brand, make it a big deal. Include it in stuff like the draft. Make it a big deal at Survivor Series, which they did because of that weird... Uh, Saudi Arabian, Arabian plane incidents they had to make it a big deal at the Royal Rumble it was not Keith Lee and Matt Riddle were basically the only two stars who were eliminated immediately in the men's match luckily Bianca Belair was something but she still hasn't done anything since being brought up so if they what they need to do is they need to create a new farm system and make NXT a third brand if they want it to be taken seriously but they don't they don't care that is a Triple H passion project Vince McMahon does not care all he does is says hey son-in-law Send me your best guys. Okay, cool. Here's my best guys. What are you going to do with them? I don't know. That's the conversation. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that if you can't make it on the Raw roster or the SmackDown roster, and again, I'm not saying Aleister Black can't make it. I'm not saying Matt Riddle can't make it. I'm not saying Keith Lee can't make it. But if they can't write well for them, the characters can't make it. Is it, it you understand what I'm saying? It's not yeah. the wrestler's fault. It's the writer's fault. But if they don't make it, what is the value to the WWE to keep them hanging around? Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I think the value for WWE a lot of times nowadays is keeping them away from AEW, though. Right, where they can shine, because Moxley and Jericho have shown that they will. Brody Lee. FDR. Yeah, Brody Lee's been incredible. Yeah, And I, I want to point out, I was against the signing of Brody Lee. I was all for Matt Hardy. I was all for Chris Jericho. I was all for... John Moxley. I was against the signing of Brody Lee because I don't think that a WWE jobber should be sent to AEW and made a big deal, but it has been executed so perfectly. Mm-hmm. It has been spectacular. So again, that's a tangent. We don't need to talk about that, but it's just, it blows my mind when WWE has these obnoxiously talented people and they just don't do anything with them. And if you look in the last 10 years, there is one man, one that I think they've ever gotten right over his entire career, and that's AJ Styles. They have done everything great with AJ, but they have screwed up Daniel Bryan, they've screwed up CM Punk. At times, I think you could argue that you could they screwed up John Cena. And again, we're going off on another tangent. This needs to be a round table or something. But AJ Styles is the guy. If you go, what is perfect for AJ Styles? Everything they've done has been perfect with him. Yeah. That's, yeah, 100%. That was true. The one good thing I will say that came out of this draft, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are now on the same brand again. Yes. That, yes. That'll probably foster some good TV. I hope uh, so. Whether they put them together, whether they make them fight, I don't care. Just yeah, don't give me, just put give me some more of that. 
Kevin Steen versus uh, Elder Nerico. That's all we need. Yep. Also, I want to point out that uh, the new iPhone was just announced, and the charger is not in the box. So, good luck, Apple fans. <laughs> okay. We're removing earphones and power bricks from the iPhone box to reduce environmental impact. Do you know how you buy them in a, in a different box? Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah. that wasn't wrestling related, but that one was for free. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 136 of Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt San, also known as Wrestle Life Matt. Uh, and I kind of cut you off. Did you want to add anything else? Not really, no. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. Um, this is the draft, man. I just, how can we, are we going to be able to draft Kyle back? Oh, I'm sure he'll just come back next week with no explanation. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that was such a perfect response because that's exactly what is going to happen. And if it was WWE, it would happen that way too. For sure. That's I love what it. will happen. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 136 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. See you next week, Kyle.